Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Kendra's Treasures podcast, a podcast about me, a small business owner, entrepreneur, and creative who has zero experience in business, but I'm out here doing it anyway. So today I have a very special guest with me. This is the first real, I guess, tangible entrepreneur that I ever knew in my life as a child growing up. And even though as a child, I didn't really understand that she was an entrepreneur, I knew she worked for herself. So this is Miss Gail Taylor, and she is my aunt. Hello, Kendra. Yes, I am Aunt Gail. Um, I was delighted that you asked me to speak on your podcast. So a little about me so other people will know. Um, I am retired now. So I've been retired for four years. I was an administrator at a private school. Um, I was a facilities manager. We'll get into more of that later. I was a teacher, um, a sixth grade teacher, middle grade. I have here lately in my retirement, I was looking at something that I wanted to do. So I took a training on coaching, and that's life coaching. And so I started it, but now I'm in the process of redefining my business plan on my what what I intend to do in my coaching venture. So that's enough about me. Thank you so much for being here today, Angel. So today we're going to be talking a little bit about potential and I guess untapped potential and how that can affect you as a small business owner. So I found this really great quote the other day and I'm going to read it. And um, it just kind of spoke to me and that's why I decided to do this episode on potential. Um, It says, you cannot afford to live in potential for the rest of your life. At some point, you have to unleash the potential and make your move. So... I think that as a small business owner, sometimes we get stuck in potential. Like we think of ideas and, and we, we don't release those ideas because we're like, well, these ideas do have the potential to be great, but they do also have the potential to kind of fail. Um, so what do you think, like, I guess as a small business owner, let's talk about Cha-Cha the Clown, um, because Cha-Cha the Clown (laughs) was, somebody that we all knew and loved and I was just telling my my boss today I I was telling her about the podcast and I was telling her how I was having you on and I told her how I always recognized that I never saw you and Cha-Cha in the same room at the same time but I never understood that you were Cha-Cha until I was older so tell us about that business because I think it's a very unique business especially because like we typically see the same type of businesses. Not that that's a bad thing, but I think it was very different for you to kind of step outside of the box. So tell us a little bit about Cha Cha. Okay, so Cha Cha didn't start out just as Cha Cha the Clown. So when I was in um, undergraduate school, and I was a late bloomer, so I graduated with a degree in business from Virginia Commonwealth University when I was 27. So I had two children, I was married. And one, I was in school at that time to finish up my BS, my Bachelor's of Science degree. Okay. So I took a marketing class. And in my senior year, we had to take a product or service from this initial development 
through the process of the marketing um, cycle. So I came up because I had children. I always thought about businesses that would help other people. So what type of business that would help busy moms like myself? Mm-hmm. And it came up with catering children's birthday parties. I said, oh, wow. So I took that idea and I did all of my marketing research. I did my research all around and I came up with my business called Party Time. And so I wrote my report on it, got my A, and then I thought that was it. Mm-hmm. Well, when I graduated, I thought, okay, world, here I am. I'm going to make the six figures. Come and get me. And so that didn't happen. So I talked to one of my professors later on, and they said, that was a great business idea you had. Had had you ever thought about actually going into that business? And I hadn't thought about it, really. I just did it. I put my heart and soul into it. I knew it was good, but I just never thought of me doing it. Right. And I said, no. So I took that plan, and I running with it. So I heard your podcast with your mom and you talked about not having money for a business loan to even go out and do what you need to do. So I started small because I didn't have that loan per se to help me see myself through the plan. Right. So I purchased folding tables and I want to make a long story short, the business plan was I contact a parent, they say Oh, my child loves Ninja Turtles. So I would purchase all the party favors. I would purchase the cake. I met this cake vendor who made absolutely fabulous cake. I would set the party up that morning. So I would go to the house with the decorations and set up. Now, they did the food and the drink. I just did the setup. Mm-hmm. But then I said, oh, we need an entertainment. So I didn't know a lot about clowns at the time. So I just made my jumpsuit, put on a multicolored wig, put some lipstick and eyeliner <laughs> on, and I became Child the Clown. Really? Well, this went on for probably I graduated in May, and I started it that summer. It went for a year, and I realized I was so tired because I would set the parties up. I would do the, be the entertainment. I would paint faces, make clowns, make um balloons to hand out to the kids and then I would break the party down and and I was done so the parents didn't have to clean it up I did it all oh wow I didn't know you did all of that (laughs) yeah I did all of that and that was before the lightweight six foot folding tables we I had those old-fashioned folding tables that were really heavy Uh uh-huh so after a while I sat down like I'm thinking okay this is gonna burn me out but what I really loved about the catering business was the entertainment, Char Charlie Brown. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that would work. So I gradually phased out of catering the whole birthday party and okay. focused on just Char Charlie Brown. So again, I heard you say something earlier about research. I did my research. Right. So I know there were three types of clowns. Um, and so I found the tramp clown, the abuse clown, and the white face clown. What? So I, I didn't know there were different types of clowns. I just there thought there was different one. Different types of clowns. I joined the clown organization. It was too cool. And what? so I learned a lot about clowning in order to build up my persona, Cha Cha, because I was going to still keep the name. 
And I would go to meetings and people would talk about what they were doing and how they were doing it. And I had had never done um, magic tricks. I had, I've done a little face painting, but they took it to another level. And I made little balloon dolls. And that was all I could make. I remember the balloon dogs. (laughs) Because I couldn't make them. Yeah. (laughs) And so it took a whole nother, another level. I learned about Zeus Clown, how you put paint certain places on your face. You always keep your hands covered. Your costumes were colorful. Your name actually meant something. So the name had to only be two syllables because younger children couldn't pronounce more than two syllables. So I learned all this in in the clown club. Really, they call Clown Alice. And we were in Clown Alley number three. And they were named Alley because in the circus, the clowns used to go from tent to tent in what they call the alleys between the tents. So they're called Clown Alley. I learned all this stuff. And so I came up with a new look for Cha Cha the Clown. Mm -hmm. Well, then I realized I could make more money just being the clown and showing up than I did with all the other stuff I was doing, setting yeah. it up, bringing in the cake, buying the party supplies. And all I had to do was get there and just leave. And I could do two or three parties a day. I just leave one party go to another. That's so working smarter, work. not harder. Yeah, you <laughs> had to work smarter. Um, but it takes, it, it's a process that you go through. I was all doing right. all this and the parents loved it, but it was just not something I wanted to take to a bigger level to that degree. Right. So I decided to stick with the clown because I made three times as much just being the clown 30 minutes. Wow. <laughs> doing the whole party set up yeah. on the party breakdown. So I became good at it. And mm-hmm. what back in 80, um, Alex was born in 83. So I started it full-fledged about 85 being Cha Cha mm-hmm. And I would go to a party and they would have 10 to 12 kids at a party. From each party, I would get at least three bookings. Oh, wow. their children's party. So we didn't have the internet, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have any of that. And so my business grew just by word of mouth. Yeah. They so, say that's like the okay. best way to market. It is because people had seen me, they liked what they saw, but I would sort of kind of mix it up a little bit so that the kids wouldn't see the same show. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Chow Chow came about. I started going to clown conventions and um, I had custom made clown shoes. My wig became, I threw out the little multicolored wigs you uh-huh. buy during Halloween. I got a custom made yak wig. Oh my God. I just changed who I was, my persona, yeah. and it, it caught on. So I was Cha-Cha the Clown, believe it or not, for 12 years. That's crazy to think about. I can't believe, I never knew you started this, and it all started from a research paper, and I've known Correct. you all my life. I just <laughs> thought that you were just, like, that was something that was a hobby that you just wanted to pick up, and it was something no. you just did. But that's amazing to know that that all stemmed yep. from a research paper. But I like the idea that you, along the way, like, you figured out how to work smarter and not harder and still get, and get paid more. 
Um, because Correct. I think that's something that as a business owner and as an entrepreneur and definitely as a creative thinker, like you thought your way around that and you definitely made a huge profit because I, I mean, I was born in 1990 and you were, you had started this when you were 27. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's crazy. You were, you were, and I mean the research and the dedication, that's amazing to know. Yeah. And I, d- I had no idea about any of that before. <laughs> I'm learning so much so, about my family on this podcast. <laughs> I, I heard you said when you were talking, I think your mom must have said it, you have to love what you do. Yes, this has it. to be something that you really have a passion for. So I'm going to tell a little story about Grandpa Courtney. Okay. So I graduated college. I, well, I marched down the aisle, and a year or two later, I was confessional. Clown, talk to clown, and my dad pulled me aside. He said, "Baby, you graduated from college. You sure you want to be a clown?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Dad, it's gonna be okay." And when I told him how much I made, he said, "Okay, you're gonna be just fine." So <laughs> my dad was always about money, but I I married the, my passion to the money, mm-hmm. and I made the money. Do you think you would ever go back to being cha-cha? I feel like we've had that conversation before. I think you told me no. But, I no. mean, because you still, even now, you still seem like you're so passionate about it. Like, it was really something that you enjoyed. Even, like, just in the sound of your voice, it sounds like that was something that really brought you a lot of joy. <laughs> it brought me a lot of joy for 12 years. I loved dressing up. I could be down in the dump, but once I put that costume on, I became Cha-Cha the Clown. And then, you know, I was in Virginia most of the time. And then when we moved here to Georgia, it's a little bit hotter in Georgia than it mm-hmm. is in, in uh, <laughs> Virginia. And so after a few years of tracing back and forth through downtown and all over the place, I said, okay, I have to put Cha-Cha down. But I left on top. So that was my, my purpose. I didn't want it to leave it, and I wasn't making money, and nobody would hire me, but I left when I was on top. Okay. So to answer your question, no, because you have to have a younger body to sit in the floor with the kids, to have all that breath to blow the balloons, to be patient enough to paint their faces when they're moving. So I did that at the appropriate time in my life. Right. Have you ever yeah. thought about, like, like having like a clown service like where you like you lease clowns out to people for their birthdays like and you're not the clown but you have a like a gang of clowns that you know <laughs> no I, I you know once i left it once i put it down i put it down for good i put that whole plan down because i i tapped into some of my untapped potential okay you know, this big grand thing and then the potential was because of my personality. I'm a Gemini, as you know. Yeah, I was about to say, she's a Gemini. <laughs> <laughs> I could do that. That was the thing that kept me sane. It, it really did. That was my therapy. Yeah. Oh my so, God, that's amazing. Yeah. My, like, yeah. you know, on the episode with my mom, we talked about um, how she's finding, she finds therapy in like doing like arts and crafts and things and interior design and things like that and that's crazy that your therapy was also in something where like basically theater 
That's amazing. I, love, I learned how to do magic tricks. I learned how to make all types of balloon hats and dolls and giraffes and all kinds of stuff. And it was a, a fun time for me, even though I had some kids. So this is the other story. So Andrea was in school, and she was probably in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. And they were when they first got into fifth grade, they were asking all the kids, what did their parents do? And when they got to Andrea, she said, my mom is a clown. <laughs> said, no, no, really. What does your mom do? She said, no, really. My mom is a clown. And so from that, I went to her school and I did a performance for the school. So everybody knew me as Cha Cha the Clown, Andy's mom. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow. So... How did you get into teaching? I mean, if you don't mind me asking, because you taught for a long time. The best math teacher I knew. <laughs> okay. So, going back in high school, I did the track, the secretarial bookkeeping kind of track, because I thought I wasn't good with numbers. Okay. And when I got to college, I had to take, I was in a business course, and I had to take um, algebra one, algebra two, trigonometry, um, geometry, and I had never had algebra in high school. Right. So I'm thinking, I uh, statistics, a whole year statistics, senior semester. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, I can't do this. But I went into a, a special study, and one of the professors pulled me aside and he said, I want to show you something. And he did this really quick thing, but when it all came out to was that. I was really good with numbers, but I didn't know it mm. at the time. So with that, I, I I always felt that I was cheated coming up in like junior high school and regular school. Right. And I wanted to, I didn't really want to be a teacher, Kendra. Okay. Because a lot of people in my family were teachers and I kept thinking, I am not going to be a teacher. This is not <laughs> down my alley. Uh-huh. I actually came here to go to law school. Oh. I didn't get into law school, and and um, Andrew told me, you're going to have to volunteer and do something. Andrew was in middle school, and so I volunteered at her middle, middle school, and I fell in love with the kids. It was the best, and I was a substitute teacher. I loved going up there. So one of the lead teachers at the time said, have you thought about being a teacher? And I said, no, not really. And so within 18 months, I was certified to teach. I did my internship, and I had two job offers. Wow. One year and a half. And, but I wanted to teach math because right. I, to myself, I said, no child should ever be um, labeled as not being smart in math. Right. Children do math different ways. And I, and I wanted to be one of those teachers to show them they can tell me their way and we can work to the, in the middle. Because everybody is good with numbers. You just have to do it your way. I can't stand there and tell you. So I taught math for 12 years and loved it. Yeah, I ha- we had many uh, tr- uh, sessions at- <laughs> for me coming over because I definitely have always been like, I'm not good with numbers. And sometimes like some of those things, I think it's it's some it's not necessarily that you feel like you're not good. I don't think that I don't think that children ever really doubt themselves. I think it's things that other people place on you. Like if you you maybe might have as a child, you might 
accidentally add two plus two and you might get five because you're you're still learning and you're still growing but like somebody might tell you you know you're not that good at math and that might be something you carry with you uh throughout your life and I think that I honestly think that's what happened with me because like now I, I have another friend and we're totally off topic I have another friend who is also a math teacher and I go to her and she explains things to me like with the same type of demeanor that you used to explain things to me and like with the same type of like theory like nobody's bad at math you just have to do it your way and we have to show you the right the way that we know and then we can figure out how you can do it your way and i get it as a grown woman having to go get tutored like in algebra and stuff like that but like it's it's really amazing so i do have a question for you um so i had no idea one that all of this started when you were in college (laughs) so um I mean, you were a working mom and you were in school. So tell me how you think you cultivated your children because you have two daughters who I love. (laughs) How you cultivated your children's creativity and how did you encourage them to unleash their potential into the world as a working mom, as an entrepreneur and all of that good stuff? Well, children see what you do. Right. And so for 12 years, they saw their mom as a clown. But in the on the back end of it, I had books and receipts. I had to do all the back end work that it took because you have to file taxes. And so when you file taxes, you do all of that. So they were able to, and, and Andre, is, Andre and Alex, Alexandria, are very good. They're creative people, extremely creative. We read a lot of stories. We colored. We played games. We, they, they stayed outside a lot. They yeah. played outside. I was like your mom. They didn't watch a lot of TV. Right. I um, think all of y'all had that pretty down. Well, except yeah. like Courtney and Marcus, I feel like, got to watch more TV than everybody else. But Yeah, yeah, they did. <laughs> but our children didn't. And yeah. so that allowed them to be creative in their own right. Um, so it's what we did. We read a lot. We colored a lot. We made mud pies. I mean, we just did little, little silly stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wanted them to be happy. Right. Whatever their talent was, I wanted them to go out and to do different things so they could feel that excitement about um, different things. And Andrea decided she wanted to be a, a chef. She wanted to be a, a, a cook. And I kept thinking, really? She said, Mom, I love it. And, and that's what she's doing now. Right. So that's her creativeness about her Um so Alex started doing braces for fun, for therapy. And people said, oh, I like that. I yeah. like that. And so she started selling the, the bracelets, yeah. which is, it, it follows through whatever you do. And you said, I was, I was, I went to college. I, I have two master's degrees, but they all mesh together. Right. Everything I did was purposeful. And people didn't see it that way, but for me, it was purposeful. Um, so that's my entrepreneurship. I'm never afraid to go to college. I'm never afraid to learn something new. I, I'm going to mess up. I was a clown. I could laugh at myself. It is mm-hmm. all okay. Yeah, it definitely is. I think that I definitely... I mean, just me personally, because I I know my cousins, your daughters, um, they are some of the most creative people that I know. 
And I remember, I think it was like a New Year's or something, and Andy was reading everybody this story that she had written, and I was just like blown away. I was like, oh my God, this is so good. It's so funny. I used to love like when she used to read little random things like that. I'd never said that to anybody, but now everybody knows. So like I I used to kind of like geek out when she would do that. Um, But yeah, and like Alex is definitely killing it with the bracelets um i just you know i just worked a a fall festival and i sold some of her bracelets for her at the festival but people were very interested and they look really good so i'm gonna plug her you guys go look up bracelets by alex on instagram (laughs) check her out she never thought she she had a talent and i always said your eyes your your ability to put colors together um, the ability, she would sit hours on the computer arranging furniture on this room design program we had. Uh-huh. And she was probably in middle school, late elementary school. She has the eye, but she has to know it. She has to know that she can do it. And so I never, that fear thing, you know, people, you said untapped potential. Mm-hmm. People don't really tap into their potential because of that fear. They right. don't want to fail. And it's like, oh, that's like failing is that it didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen. But think of how you would do it in another way. Right. Just so, like your math, your theory of teaching math. Yes. Yes. I have kids that come back to me and thank me and they're in their 30s now. Yeah. That I told. You, you really took that stigma away that I couldn't do math. It's because teachers in my day taught you a way to do a math problem, but that wasn't the way I did it. And I always tried to make myself do it the way the teacher did it and, and it totally went over my head. But right. if she would just have let me explain to her how I was doing it, then it would have made a big difference. But that's a part of creativity too. You have to do things in your realm and the way you Right. And I do. I So I want to say something. And we talked about this earlier. I told you I was going to bring this conversation up that we had when I was younger. Um, I like how you mentioned that you Alex always didn't feel like she had, um, I guess, a, a talent or um, something. And I when I was younger, I used to feel a lot of pressure and not necessarily like pressure from my mom, because like she was pretty like okay, you can be creative, you can be happy. But, like, I think that the whole math thing kind of dragged me down. Like, I never really made good grades in math. Let's just put that out there. (laughs) And, um, like, I think around, like, high school, I started feeling a lot of pressure. And, like, you always used to have great talks with me. So um, I wanted to talk about a conversation that we had where I must have been, like, nervous or upset about um what I wanted to be because I never really felt like I knew exactly what I wanted to be when I grew up and like I feel like and it starts early I think it starts in like elementary school even even earlier than that people are always putting pressure on you to say what what is it that you want to be when you grow up like you have to have a timeline 
to achieve these goals of what you want to be. And I think we were having a conversation and um, I remember, I just remember remember you saying, and you, like, I'm like 16 or something like that. And you're a grown up, somebody I look up to, and you were like, it's okay if you don't know what you want to be. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up either. And like, you have always constantly changed and constantly evolved. And that is so inspiring to me uh, as a 30 year old who is <laughs> just kind of starting to, figure things out because it it took a, a lot of pressure off of my shoulders, I guess, it, at that time in my life. And I always think back to that conversation that we had, even now, because I'm just like, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with where I am and with what I do. Um, but I feel like I'm finding a lot of different, I guess, niches right now, or niches, however you pronounce it, <laughs> uh, right now. So I it think evolved, Kendra. I always knew that I would evolve. Right. Like my dad worked at the post office for thirty years, thirty plus years. My mom was a nurse for twenty five, twenty plus years. I I knew that I didn't want to be pigeonholed in one career, right. if that makes sense. Because like you, I had a lot of niches that I wanted to try, mm-hmm. and it's okay to try them. If they work, great. You can work in them for a little while, and then you say, oh, let's do something else. Because something else is going to come down the avenue for you that you may um, have never thought of. Like teaching was not in my wheelhouse. I Mm -hmm. never in my life thought I would teach. And then from teaching, I became a facilities manager at a school. I managed 10 buildings, six buses, one van. The whole complex, which I never thought I could do. Right. And one person told me, my boss told me, she said, you have common sense. You can figure this out. And that was how I got the job. So I did that for about 12 years. I t- I, we teased that my career lasts between 10 and 12 years. And then I changed to something else. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not about you doing that one thing for the rest of your life. It's about tapping into that untapped potential. Right. It's there. It makes you happier. It, it really does. It does. That makes I mean, you happy. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, I think that doing what you love is great, but I think that finding out what it is that you actually love is probably even better because then from that point you can be like okay i know what i need to do to get to where i need to go because i know what it is that i love like i've always known that i love being creative i've always loved art i've always loved reading i've always loved writing i've always loved talking like we know (laughs) we know i love to talk like Okay, yeah. Kendra, I have to tell the story. Okay. The okay. Okay. Okay, so I love my niece, and she was like the best thing ever. She was this ball of energy, and she would jump around, and she would say, but as soon as she walked into my house, Angel, what color is that? Angel, what are you watching on TV? Angel, what are you cooking? And I would look at her, and I'm thinking, okay, that's a lot of questions. So every time she came to my house, I said, okay, this is the game we're going to play. You can only ask me. 10 questions. And Kendra would count the questions. Like, okay, how many questions was that, Angel? <laughs> because I 
already knew. Yeah. But I wanted you to be confident in knowing the answers to your own questions without asking somebody else what the answer is. And that's how I taught. I wanted kids to tell me, why do you think that's the way it is? Don't come up to me and say, is this right? I don't know. I'm going to ask you, what do you think? So that started you to actually start thinking about, okay, before I ask her this question, I only have 10. So let me not mess them up. Even at that young age, I can't remember how old you were. You were probably about five or six. Yeah, I definitely, I remember um, specifically one day when I think you took me with you to like the, the PX or the VX, the grocery shop on oh, yeah. Um, yeah. base. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I must have been getting on your nerves because I was asking questions left and right. And you was like, Kendra, you only have two questions left. And I was like, what? <laughs> and I really had questions in my head. And I had, I really was, I feel like I must have gotten quiet because I started thinking about everything that yeah. I had to ask <laughs> before I yeah. asked it. And I, I mean, I have to thank you for that lesson though, because oh, um, as an adult, I think about a lot of things. I pretty much live here in my head and <laughs> I think about a lot of questions before I ask them. Um, and I make sure definitely that I've exhausted all my resources before I go ask a question, um, especially like at work or something like that. I make sure that I did all the research that I needed to do to find out what exactly. I need to find out before I go and ask a question. Because sometimes the answer is right under your nose or sometimes it is yeah. something that you do already know. So I do have to thank you for that lesson. I would not be where I am today without <laughs> that. <laughs> you are so welcome. You are welcome. It, it, it was. It has always been fun having you around as my niece. No. So, I, I really do, and I'm so proud of you as to the things that you're doing and, and tapping into your untapped potential and not being afraid to do it. Just, you know, other people are going to um, make a comment, be it positive or negative, mm-hmm. but you just keep going. You just keep doing you. And once you do that, then your whole world opens up to you. Like, oh wow, that was cool. Yeah. Then what's next? So I always ask what's next. Yeah, you, you do. You do. And yeah, you yeah. do. So I have one more question for you before we okay. wrap it up. So is okay. there anything you would change about your experience as a small business owner or entrepreneur? And if yes, what is it? So would I change anything? No, not one thing. Because I think our paths are predestined for us, and if we take that path, then from that path, something else better grows out of that. So I wouldn't change a thing. Um, being the clown, I've learned so many different things. I've met so many different people, which broadened my, my focus on what it is that I can do next. I always knew I wasn't going to be a clown forever, but mm-hmm. I was always looking for that next thing. And while I'm on a certain path, that next thing, because that question is in my head, seems to always cross my path. I'm like, oh, wow, that's cool. But I was always open to it. So, no, I wouldn't change a thing. Okay, good. I do believe experiences make you, like, they either make you or they either break you. And I think that failure is definitely a part of the process. And I I don't know why I, I don't, I mean, I think about failing and I'm like oh that's gonna suck but it's never like (laughs) it's never something that I'm just like I don't feel like I want to let that hold me back if that makes any sense I don't 
Yeah, and I think that um, I think that a lot of people do get caught up in being afraid that it's going to hold them back. I know, like, in the episode with my mom, we talked a lot about that. And she has openly, like, admitted that, like, yeah, this is why. I don't want people to judge me. It's going to hold me back. And I don't think that she instilled that fear into me, which is great as a parent. Like, a great job on her as a parent not to put that fear on her children. Um, but definitely, I think that you and her both did a great job of allowing your children to, <laughs> to be as carefree as possible. Um, especially given the time that you guys were raised in and the things that you guys saw growing up. So, um, I definitely thank you so much for coming on to my podcast and thank you for telling me all of that great history about how Cha-Cha came about because I never knew any of that stuff. And I definitely am going to have to have another conversation with you at another day about um, your your grandparents, my great-grandparents, and how they got started um, on that block okay. of, like, Black-owned businesses that we talked about on the other with my mom. Yeah, and oh, yeah. Again, keep growing and keep exploring. And what you do, your kids are always watching you. So yeah. be the best you you can be. And I love you. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you guys so much for tuning in for another episode of the Kendra's Treasures podcast. My podcast all about me, Kendra, a small business owner, entrepreneur, and creative who has zero experience in the business world. But I'm out here and I'm doing it anyway and I'm learning as I go. And I really appreciate you all for tuning in to learn with me and grow with me. Remember to hit the subscribe button on iTunes and Spotify, and also follow me on Patreon and make pledges to receive bonus content, shout outs, and more.